0: Hey, this is Sarah Moffitt. I'm a leadership coach and this is your bi-weekly reminder to go for it. I'm here to help you gain the confidence, consistency, and courage you need to go for it, whatever it is. This is a podcast produced by Cybrary, a company that is all about going for it. They've revolutionized the cybersecurity education experience and I'm excited to hang out with you and Cybrary today. All right, y'all, it's Monday. It's time to stand up, get yourself together, and let's go for it. Hi, so welcome to the latest episode of Go For It with Sarah Moffat. I'm Sarah Moffitt, shocking. So I was um, thinking about what I want to talk about today, and I was thinking of this story that happened to me. Well, obviously. So, this is a trillion years ago. Um, I was 20, 21, and I was working for this nonprofit in Washington, D.C. Excuse me. And uh, I was a smoker. And as smokers will do, we had like regular smoke breaks during during, um, this job. And so we would go out sometimes like once an hour, honestly, but usually every two hours, we kind of had this schedule where we would go outside. And I came from a very charismatic Christian background, not a lot of cussing, not a lot of, you know, kind of worldly things. I didn't, I don't think I've even had very many boyfriends at that point. I had gone to community college for a while, but then I was a preschool teacher and, you know, did stuff like that. So here I am in this new job. And in fact, I will tell you that this job was in Washington, D.C. It was my first job in Washington, D.C. And I was so scared to even go on the interview that I declined the interview because I was too afraid to drive into D.C. And so the lady who interviewed me agreed to interview me at an IHOP, an Inter- International House of Pancakes in Falls Church, Virginia, which is a suburb of uh, Washington, DC. And so I had my interview at an IHOP over pancakes and she hired me on the spot and she said, you've got to learn how to drive into DC. So she got in her car and I got in mine and she taught me how to drive into DC. She showed me where to park and all that stuff. So that is the, the level of green that I was at this job. So anyway, here I'm at this job. I'm I'm smoking my cigarettes. And the group of people that I was with were negative. It's a nice way of putting it. Negative. Uh very catty, very, you know, they had like a nasty nickname for everybody. The leadership, you know, they just you know, wouldn't make fun of them and the initiatives that we were working on. It was just very kind of spiteful and not a positive environment. And I'm not going to say I learned how to cuss from them, but I kind of learned how to cuss from them. And so, you know, I went into this job as, I mean, I literally remember feeling like Mary Tyler Moore, which 90% of you will have no idea what I'm talking about. But when I got off the Metro at DuPont circle and just, I wanted to throw my hat in the air and like, I am here. I've made it to my big Washington DC job and worked on the corner of like 21st and whatever, 23rd and whatever, and downtown. And the brick skeller was right around the corner. And I remember actually also neither here nor there, but these smoker people invited me out for lunch one day. And I never okay, so I must have been 21. I was not a drinker and and they were doing shots at lunch. And I got wasted because I was trying to be cool like them, wasted, almost passed out at my desk afterwards. So anyway, hanging out with these people and I'm a straight ace. I graduated high school when I was 15. Okay. Like I'm the overachiever, do whatever anybody tells me people, pleaser person. And I got written up at this job for being negative for being uncooperative, for not kind of falling in line, which is the opposite of how I was up to that point. And so I worked at that job for a couple of years and not surprisingly, when I left that company, I went to a highly toxic organization. I mean, whew. I'm literally going to write a book about it someday because it was so bad. But I mean, sexual harassment on the regular. My boss used to ask me to open porn on his computer. I mean, it was really bad. And so I went from that environment to this next environment and left that job. And I got a job working in HR for a minute. And then I got the dream job. And I was probably 25-ish at this point. And I got this dream job, and I remember thinking to myself, this is a make or break job for me. This is going to change the trajectory of my life if I do it right. And my mom had this talk with me. She said, Sarah, you are dragging a dead body with you are you going to drag this dead body with you to this next job? In other words, what I had experienced up to that point, I was kind of accumulating bad baggage, smelly baggage, dead baggage, just gross baggage. And her question for me was, are you going to drag this baggage with you into this amazing new job? She wasn't talking about the job per se, but that's how I heard it. And so, uh, so are you going to drag it with you? And, and I remember a changing point where I decided I wasn't going to drag it with me anymore. And so I set my mind on a couple of things. Number one, I engaged in a totally different place. So I actually ended up going back to the church that I had gone to when I was a kid and There was a whole new group of leaders and they were younger and, and I was really into music. And so they, you know, I was on the band and I played, learned how to play guitar and I was backup singer and then lead singer and, you know, all this stuff. And we had all of these cool things that we did together. And this, these people became my people instead of the smokers people that I was hanging out with before. These people became my people. And, um, you know we had our bible studies and all that stuff okay so it doesn't matter like what we did the fact is is that it was a very wholesome life giving group of people and so on my drive from my from my home which was in manassas virginia at that point to my job which was in alexandria now i made up my mind to be the most positive person at my job i made up my mind to never gossip I made up my mind to only say good things about people, to only offer positive kind of feedback. And, and, and this did end up being a career-defining moment for me. I worked for it for a man who was a former um, Navy captain. He was like an 06. And he was the vice president of operations for this Medium-sized government contractor, and he would take me to all his meetings with him, and he gave me leadership on everything that he was working on. So whether it was a document for Donald Rumsfeld, he had me be the lead editor on, or HR policy, or uh, the IT department, or facilities, or security, I had a hand in everything. So I got to see how the organization worked, and he trusted me because of how I was handling myself. He knew that I wasn't going to spread gossip. He knew that I wasn't going to, you know, I was a start with yes kind of person. And, and, and I had this group of people that was constantly feeding life, giving affirmation, giving growth kinds of things to me. And as I developed this new mindset, this new attitude, I got that at work too. I ended up developing a whole different set of friends. And I was still a smoker, but I would never go out and smoke with anybody. That was my new rule is that I would only go and smoke by myself. Um, And by the way, I don't, I'm not a smoker anymore. It doesn't matter, but I did smoke for like 20 years. So why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because I think it's important. And it's a good reminder that, that who you surround yourself with is really, really important. And sometimes we need to be really intentional about deciding who we are going to surround ourselves with. And I'm going to pull up some notes for myself here and kind of bounce back and forth between these notes. But um, John Maxwell, who's this leadership guru, he said that one of the greatest lessons he ever learned is that the people closest to him determine his level of success or failure. In other words, he recognized that if he wanted to make it to the next level, he needs to surround himself or he needed to surround himself with the right kind of people. And I think that if you and me were to take an honest look at our lives, we would find the same thing. Right, so when I look back at my career in my mid twenties and my experiences, I was surrounded by people who were walking toward a place I did not want to walk. And there have been other major stages of my life where I find that I have been um, surrounding myself with people who are the same as me, who very status quo, like happy how things are. But the times where I'm intentional about surrounding myself with people who are growing, people who are at the next stage or the next, next stage, those are the times where I see the biggest change in my life, in my career, Um, And so in the last podcast, I think I talked about my TED talk for a second. The topic of that TED talk was creating a round table as legendary as King Arthur's. The thing is, is that if you know the the legend of King Arthur, it's this kid who pulls a sword from a stone and he's automatically become king. And he's got Merlin, who's his mentor, right? We all need a mentor. We all need a kind of coach, but he also needed a round table. And the round table is what made, made him legendary, right? This round table was men who were, had complimentary gifts and, and, and had different experiences, and they were his ride or die, go into battle, seek the Holy Grail, right? They were going to go with him wherever he went. And that's what made him legendary. If you look at history, you're going to see tons of people like that. I'm, like fictionally, I'm thinking of Harry Potter, Right, he had the Order of the Phoenix, and he had Ron and Hermione, and and Professor Dumbledore, and 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 you know Sirius Black, and you know all those people. Those those groups are so important. And any of us who thinks that we're going to number one get to leadership by ourselves, or two, have some perfect time to make the move, we're kidding ourselves. Okay, number one, we weren't meant to ascend alone. And I think that if you were to think about it, anytime you reach a goal or or have a major achievement, what's the first thing you do? Who can I tell? And who is going to be the most excited for you? The people who went with you. The people who journeyed, the people who saw you struggle, the people who saw you fall and helped you get back up, the people who saw you have the little wins along the way and now they see the culmination of it. Having a leadership board or a board of directors or roundtable, whatever you want to call it, is so important for your success, not only for the journey, not only for the, the climax the, when you get to the top, but for you to have the support, to have the encouragement, to have the, the life experiences and the objectivity and the diversity of thought and all of the things that a leadership board or a or a, a group or, or whatever you're going to join is going to give you. And so I wanted to give you some just like really practical things that you can look for when you are looking for people to join your board. and. I think it's important to note that there's different ways that you can make this happen, right? You can seek out individual people and ask them to kind of be your board of directors or whatever you want to call it, or you can join one, right? So like my company, Leading Ladies, we have a leadership board that is a membership organization and we meet several times a month and we have like a set mission, vision, and values. And, you know, it's very established that we are there to empower and inspire each other, right? You can do that. You can join a mastermind. You can join a a women in technology group at your office, right? There's different places to find groups. but But here are some things, like really practical things that you can look for when you are creating your inner circle. Okay, so the first thing is experience. You want to be around people who've been down the road, who understand the pitfalls and the setbacks. They know where the potholes are. They know where the lane divides are, right? You want to be with people who have experience. They should have some expertise. Now, I'm not saying that everyone in the group should be further along than you. I'm saying everyone in your group should be further along than you in some area, where they can add a level of expertise and experience to your life that you lack. You might have an area of expertise or leadership advantage in some area for someone else in the group, right? But what I'm saying is you need to be very calculated. In other words, I'm not going to hire a coach or hire a role model who. Has never worked in a male dominated industry because I work in a male dominated industry and I have seen very clearly that there are different dynamics. Like when I worked for the nonprofit, it was very female driven and it was a very, very different environment than working in cybersecurity. So I want, I personally want to be with CEOs, CIOs, CISOs, senior directors who have been in similar fields and similar experiences who can help me navigate some of the unwritten rules of these male dominated worlds. Okay. So do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look for people who haven't had that experience because that's specifically what I need right now in my career is that executive level leadership in these male-dominated fields. I'm learning from this all the time. So you want experience. Number two is values. You want to surround yourself with people who hold the same kind of values that are going to challenge and engage your soul and your spirit. So when I was at that that nonprofit that I was telling you about, I surrounded myself with people who had different values than me. And it charted a very different path. And if I had gone, continued to go down that path, I don't know where I'd be now. I had to consciously decide to change my path and to surround myself with people who valued the same things I did. and who would challenge my values, press me toward greater achievements, greater, uh, to, to, you know, to, to, to force me to think more, to, to really push me in that direction. So you can surround yourselves with people who maybe have different values than you, but what I want you to do is I want you to get with a group of people that are going to value honesty and honor and preserving grace and supporting, empowering other people. And you, you might even want to be with people who, ha- who share a faith with you, right? That's, that's not a bad thing. People who share faith with you can be very life-affirming and very um, life-giving. So so you want to look for experience. You want to look for people with shared values. But number three, I also want you to seek diversity, and yes, you need to seek it. I remember hearing about a late night comedian. I think it was John Stewart, and he wanted he specifically wanted more it was whoever it was. It might not have been John Stewart, but whoever it was specifically wanted more women writers, and his recruiting people kept bringing him men, kept bringing him men and he's like, "I'm specifically asking for women writers, and she's and they're like. We're putting out the ad, we're putting out the, the rec- the request, but it's 90% men that are writing back. And it wasn't until they specifically changed the request to only request that women respond, that they were able to get the amount of, of female, uh, input that they were looking for. They had to seek diversity. And you need to seek diversity for your leadership board or your board of directors, whatever you want to call it. Because being around people who are just like you will never ever develop you to the person that you want to be. You need to be around people with diverse thoughts and experiences and gifts. Um, So like for me, I tend to be very like Tell it like it is, truth, black and white, this is right, this is wrong. And so one of the things I purposefully seek out is people who I think I call mercy oriented. They are the people who, you know, if somebody does something wrong at work, I'm like, that was wrong, that that needs to be dealt with. And and the other person's gonna be like, have you thought about why that person did that? Like what background they might have had or what they might have interpreted, right? So they're gonna make me think about things a little bit differently or a lot differently, as the case may be. So there's there they're softer where I'm harder and it's a good balance. So I want you to purposefully seek out people with different backgrounds, different education, different thought processes. I want you to purposefully seek diversity. Important. The fourth thing is objectivity. Right. So, you know, speaking of diversity and balance, you want to find people to be on your board who can help you see your choices from different angles. Sometimes we can get so tied up in like a specific line of thinking or a specific behavior or a specific kind of process that we lose objectivity and in this way having a coach or having a a trusted advisor is really paramount toward your development because it's going to make sure that you are gaining a level of objectivity that you may lack by being in the weeds <clears throat> um my, my background, my undergraduate is in psychology and I was, it was in the middle of my master's in clinical mental health. And I had ended up taking a little bit of a turn there, but um, when I was studying depression, I came up with this analogy. And I think this applies here is about objectivity is that when you're depressed or when you're in a certain situation, you could think of it like the Colosseum back in the gladiator days. Right. And so you're you're on the ground and they release the lions right so the lions all come in and all you can see is lions because that's your position your position is lion level objectivity is going to give you a boost up and give you a different perspective so once I'm up here i can go okay there's an exit there's an exit that person can help me. Okay. So objectivity is going to give you a different perspective, a different vantage point that is going to help you make career choices, life choices. Um, You know, and, and that's really valuable, especially when you've been in something for a long time, you know, um, people love that now with, with, with eating, right? So they're doing um, intermittent fasting. That's like a different level of, of objectivity. It's kind of changing the the monotony of where you were with eating and giving you a a different kind of break. So anyway, so objectivity. So that's the fourth thing. The fifth thing is something that you're not gonna hear a lot in cyber. Uh, You're not gonna hear it a lot in leadership development even or career coaching, but I think it's really important and that is love. When you're creating a board of directors or you know, your leadership board or your kitchen cabin or whatever you wanna call it, You need to have people there who love you, who love others, who value you and seek to value you. You need to find people who look at you and see you as you are and love you and can see you for your best. Those are knight-like traits, right? Nobody would have ever gone into battle with King Arthur if they didn't love him. You don't go fight with someone if you don't love them if you're not dedicated to them. And I think loving your people is one of the most important leadership qualities that any of us can strive for because if you don't love people you cannot lead them. You can't. If you're not seeing the best for them and looking for ways to serve them and value them and empower them you cannot you can't be a leader. So when you're creating a board look for people who will be right or die look for people who see the best in you there's um a federal government cio and every time i talk to him i know for a fact that he is looking at the best qualities about me and helping me make decisions based on them yes he sees me for who i am he knows where my trouble spots are and stuff like that. But, but there is a genuine respect and admiration that allows me to put my guard down enough to hear his counsel. If you don't feel that someone has genuine admiration and respect and, and, and heart for you, you're not going to be able to put your guard down and hear truth objectivity and diversity from them. You're not. So you need to make sure that when you're creating this group, that you are creating a group that does have affection. And so, like I said, you can create this group from scratch, right? You can, uh, and that's what I did earlier in my career. I had, um, you know, I went to this person and said, Hey, you're the, you're the kind of authentic leader I want to be. Will you coach me in this area? Will you be my mentor? Hey, you've got the the budgetary skills and the, the um, you know, fi- account and finance stuff that I need, you know, can you help, can you help coach me in this area? So you can do that on your own, but you can also join a group that's already in process. Like, you know, so like I said, my company, Leading Ladies has a leadership board that's specifically for women. We've got various levels and we've got a set mission, vision, and values. We know what we're about. We're a diverse group, blah, blah, blah you could join a group like that, or you could join my group obviously, but you could join a group that is where you are. Like I know a lot of companies these days have specific groups for like women in technology. Um, So you could join something like that. If you are further along in your career, if you're at that like director or senior level, you may want to look into a mastermind which is going to be a more specialized, higher level kind of board that is, tends to be a little more, um, I don't want to say forceful, but it's, they tend to be direct. They tend to be very like results driven. And that might be where you're at in your career, but whatever path you choose, whatever route you take, I want you to, I want to encourage you to be intentional about it. This is the stage in your career, whatever stage you're at, that requires you to be thoughtful about where you want to go next. So, like for me at that early stage, my question was, do I want to carry this dead body with me, or do I want to change my mindset, leave all of this behind? And I never thought of this until probably two years ago. And I was uh, at a big conference, and and the guy speaking, he said. Um, did you ever wonder how some people get so ahead so fast? And I'm like, yeah, I've wondered that like my whole career. And he said, it's because they're carrying less baggage. It's a lot easier to run faster when you're carrying less. And I was like, that's one of the great reasons why I was so... Able to make this shift was that I decided not to carry this with me, that I decided to get this board of directors, this people that were gonna push me to be my best, and blah, blah, blah. So it was an, an intentional choice that I made. And I made that choice every day on my drive to work. I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna start with yes, I'm gonna be the person that says the, you know, the kind thing. Like that was a, that was the persona I wanted to have. That was the persona I developed. And so For you, wherever you're at, when you're ready to go for it, which again, you wait for perfect timing, you're never going to get there. But when you decide to go for it, look for people, be intentional and look for people with those qualities, the experience, the diversity, the objectivity, the values and the love and specifically look for that or, you know, join something that's already in process, but be intentional because you cannot reach the top. You cannot get to the next level with the same level of thinking that you have now surrounded by sameness. You've got to push yourself. You've got to be intentional about how you go about this. And so this is me saying, go for it. This is me saying, get out there and make a, make a big, bold move and be thoughtful about how you're going to set this up for yourself and really watch your career soar. And then when you get to that next goal, when you turn around, you're going to say, yes, thank you for coming with me. And those people are going to be going to be the people that are the most excited for you. Thanks for joining. I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.